0: welcome to the infernal schoolhouse podcast explosions and fire i'm brian and i'm aaron and this week on the podcast we have a special guest jordan yaklin from phoenix performance coaching welcome jordan we're so excited to have you hey welcome super
1: glad to be here thank you
0: yeah um tell us a little bit about yourself how you got into the space that you're in and how you think about the intersection of rpgs and fitness
1: Yeah, yeah, great question. So I would say how I got into health and fitness. I went to school. In high school, I played sports. And I found that in the little hick podunk town that I lived in all of our sports coaches were also our strength and conditioning coaches. And as a 14 year old freshman, I noticed that they were doing things that they shouldn't be teaching improper form, yada, yada. And so I kind of made it my mission from then on out to correct the wrongs of my forefathers, so to speak, and actually be able to learn the proper foundation to teach the proper foundation. And that led me into getting a bachelor's in exercise science, which led to a master's in exercise physiology with the main emphasis on strength and conditioning. And I was going to work with high schoolers and work with essentially new athletes, build a strong foundation. Flash forward to I graduated on May the 4th, 2019, so Star Wars Day that's always fun uh that's a fun little fact and then flash forward you know less than a year later the whole entire world shuts down i was still working part-time at a at a gym as an in-person trainer and a whole lot of opportunities closed right there with the world shutting down and that kind of guided my path towards online training which was looking back as a huge blessing because there's not a whole lot of opportunities for in-person strength and conditioning coaches for high school athletes but there's a whole lot of opportunities and a lot, much larger outreach for online coaching. And so that kind of led me down that path. And why specifically trans blending the two communities of tabletop gaming and health and fitness? One day I was laying in bed and I was looking at literally this bookshelf behind me. And I, on the top shelf, there's D&D manuals, second shelf, fantasy novels, and then the third, fourth shelf are boring health and fitness books. And I'm looking <laughs> and I'm like, How can I blend these two? And it like literally hit me. as like, why not just actually blend the two and target, you know, help empower tabletop gamers to improve their health. And so that kind of sparked Phoenix Performance Coaching. I took a few, took the scenic route, so to speak. I had a few other jobs where I was an online coach through them. And then on April 14th, I believe, the anniversary of the Titanic sinking. I decided to sink my career and quit my job and start this <laughs> business. So, uh, so yeah, been been at it ever since.
2: That's awesome. So I guess without getting too much into the secret sauce, can you kind of walk us through a little bit about you know Phoenix Performance Coaching, how you you know schedule people online through their their different fitness programs, and then kind of how you incorporate the two.
1: Yeah, yeah. So essentially, it's very similar to any other online platform either through dms and instagram primarily or i have a few ads running someone sparks interest we hop on a call to see if essentially i'm a right fit for them or the program's the right fit for them and if it is we go ahead with the enrollment process which literally is just a second call that i call a session zero where we actually figure out what the program will look like because everything is customized mm-hmm. and i don't create i don't create cookie cutter workout programs or nutrition plans or anything like that and so we have a whole second call to actually create the character, so to speak, and make sure everything's customized and fit mm-hmm. for them. And then they do the online coaching process has essentially three pillars, exercise, nutrition, and accountability. And I just talked about exercise, nutrition, accountability aspect. We have a custom app that we use and there's two-way text communication. And so they'll hear from me at least once a day if we're having a consistent conversation. I check my messages daily, from Monday through Friday, but I'm always up seeing when the workouts get completed, if they're getting completed, if they're getting missed, same thing with nutrition. So I am always I always like to say that I'm saying to their frodo where we're working together to take the ring to Mordor rather than what we see a lot of in the health and fitness industry is I'm the client or I'm the coach up here on this pedestal. You're the client down here. You need to get up to my level. You just got to want it. We all have the same 24 hours in the day. Whatever cliche that it is, I really try to say I'm knocking down that pedestal and we're in the trenches together. And that is kind of why I'm tailoring it to the tabletop gaming community, because I believe it's a very underserved community. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say, I definitely understand there's a whole lot of skepticism regarding the health and fitness industry, largely because the health and fitness industry is full of crap. And so (laughs) here I am trying to break that mold, so to speak. And so kind of also to answer your original question, Brian, on how to how do I kind of blend the two? I'm just trying to appeal to everybody i guess in the community
0: yeah yeah you you mentioned something and you talked a little bit about sort of the, the the gatekeeping that goes on in the fitness industry Mm-hmm. Where to me, as a largely an outsider, it looks like an all or nothing endeavor, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to drink the drink, literally, and do the things and eat pure and be clean and live your life as a fitness dude, or it doesn't count or it's not valid somehow. But also, interestingly, I think sometimes the RPG community can be that way as well. And Aaron and I have talked a lot about this sort of gatekeeping that happens over there too, right? Like mm-hmm. you haven't memorized the rules. You don't know all of the things so if it's not perfect don't even don't even bother so it seems like both of these communities are sort of they feel really mutually exclusive and so it still is kind of shocking to me that you're blending them you know yeah. what I mean and it's it's solely based on my biases that I've just described but have you met resistance with this or you know how how is that going and are people as shocked as I am about what you're doing <laughs> yeah
1: so it's, it's kind of weird when I tell people I'm quitting a fairly comfortable job to pers- pursue my passion which is again empowering tabletop gamers to reclaim their health they're like oh that's so awesome and then when i actually talk to like really a lot of people in my tar- target demographic i get a lot of resistance but the people that get bought in they buy in quite quickly and then they realize okay this is actually the real deal and not your generic shirtless influencer trying to push um an overpriced program or a supplement that doesn't work like you said there's there's a lot of skepticism and I'm and I'm embracing that and I'm diving into it. And once I can kind of weed through some of these defenses that have been put up, they realize, all right, he might actually be worth he might actually know what he's talking about. But yeah, it's I get a lot of support from outside of the community. They're like, oh, it's such an underserved, like it's such a good thing. But within the community, there's a little bit more resistance, which yeah. you think would kind of be the opposite.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. And I think for me, it just feels like one of the core principles of tabletop gaming is eating junk food and drinking heavily. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's just such a cultural thing that I can imagine a lot of like, you know, when dogs are confused, they kind of tilt their head. Like a lot of that look, when you start to explain this to gamers, like what are you saying to me right now? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I say having, having junk food at a D and D table is like starting, starting your campaign in a tavern.
2: (laughs) For sure. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, thinking about that, I, I see, you know, that you are incorporating a lot of great fantasy elements into it and sort of gamification of it, you know, when I think this is one of the big challenges of fitness in general, but how do you, how do you keep that momentum going of moving away from just the short-term gamification goals to more of the long-term, let me be your Sam, like you just mentioned, where you kind of get them across the finish line?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because one thing that I kind of, I guess, preach behind the scenes is... I, full disclosure, I'm not in love with the idea of gamifying things. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of kind of having a D&D element and and stuff like that. But once you get into the heavy gamification of things, where it's really just like you're playing an RPG in real life, that lasts, what, two weeks, three Mm -hmm. weeks? And then the novelty runs out, and then you're like, okay, well, I just had this app downloaded that I don't use, right? I think Pokemon Go is like the only real exception to that, that people actually get into long term. But... I, I do, again, I like shrouding things in d and I like having genuine conversations about D&D through the coaching process. But what I do and how I kind of break out of that honeymoon phase where everyone's like super motivated for those first two weeks. And then normally around there, between two and four weeks, we see a drop off in motivation when people realize, okay, I actually kind of have to do this long-term to sustain you know, a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, what I normally do is I will actually, and this is kind of a peek behind the curtain, I will create a program that is too easy. And so I would have, some, I'd want them to be like, almost feeling like this is not enough, or this is just a little too easy for them, because then they keep saying, "I can do more, I can do more," and then that will carry through the honeymoon phase, and then they start seeing results, ideally, and then then the results help kickstart some more momentum and motivation, and then that can kind of carry things through, because you have that initial, "I'm all for it, let's do everything all at once, all or nothing," like Brian said. But then they have that pit of despair when they realize this isn't a quick fix. And then the momentum of actual progress kind of carries them out of that pit of despair. <laughs> but if I I can taper that beginning part and a pit of despair by making things a little too easy and carry them through that because they feel more motivated, rather than hitting them with your cookie cutter, you need to work out five days a week, here's a nutrition plan of boiled chicken, steamed broccoli. And that becomes very demotivating because it's not sustainable.
0: Um, oh my god is being a dm so relevant to being a trainer because a lot <laughs> of what you just described it <laughs> yeah. seems like dm skills coming into play
1: yeah And i've been a dm i was i think i was a dm before i was an actual trainer i dm'd before online coaching and i started in-person training around the same time as dming but you're right i they're very very similar they run very parallel right you're not going to have your first level adventurers fight tmi unless they want to and then they're then they're tpk and then re-rolling characters which very similar to starting a program they can't start and they constantly spin their wheels.
0: So I found you via Instagram and you have a great Instagram page. I think it's really engaging and it keeps popping up and I'm always clicking on it. And I, I think it's really impactful, but one of the posts that you posted just hit me really hard and it starts with every gamer needs to read this. Yeah. Can you, can you talk me through this? Because to me, this sort of gets to the heart of why this is really important. We've talked about junk food, bad, drinking, bad, <laughs> healthy, good. But this story like really hit home for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's just one of my pinned posts. It's uh, a friend of mine had a friend who was a long-term gamer and the problem. So I want to preface this by saying this story is not uncommon, right? And that's why it's so impactful because this is something that we can all probably relate to or know somebody that was went through this where long-time gamer never really took control of their health, always wanting to do more sedentary activities and ultimately escaping in a fantasy world of some sort and neglecting themselves physically. And in this particular case, they unfortunately passed away very early. I believe the age was 52 in their kitchen with a sudden heart attack. And it's one of those things where you don't really think about it until it's too late, right? And so that's why I try to, that's why I'm really trying to target this population. Ideally, the around 30 mark to where we can really shift gears now and extend your life you know 10 20 what even 30 years and be able to do the things that you enjoy you know playing with kids grandkids being able to do even activities of daily living like carrying groceries up the stairs or doing laundry like those are things that people take for granted until it becomes too hard and trying to think proactive about it and say this is the path that a lot unfortunately a lot of tabletop gamers are traveling down and we can course correct now with minimal effort, not effortlessly, but minimally and have, you know, have a huge, huge course correction in the future. And that's ultimately that one post is ultimately why I decided to quit my job and start doing
0: what I'm doing. Well, wow. yeah. And it's funny because I was, well, it's not funny, it's tragic, but I, I read a biography of Gary Gygax. And as you were talking, and as we're talking about the habits of gamers, I remember reading this book and even early in his life, all these really unhealthy habits, he would stay up all night and he would drink pots of coffee and, you know, like, and a lot of it wasn't even the gaming side. It was the creative side. Mm-hmm that was pushing him to capture all of his thoughts and, you know, keep pushing. But, and I remember as I was reading it, I was like, I don't remember the end of his life. Like, I, I, I can't remember when we lost him, but I know it was too early. And, and then I was, you know, when they describe, you know, his, his ultimate, you know, his last days, it was like, I was thinking back to all his lifestyle that that led up to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's extremely unfortunate because a lot of you know people in the community are very bright, very creative and they can contribute a lot. But they tend to not only live, unfortunately, shorter lives, but they also tend to really escape in you know, a fantasy setting where if they were to able to kind of step back, build that confidence, they would be able to kind of live a more vibrant life.
0: Um, yeah. And isn't, isn't that even one of your taglines? Like, I want you to be able to do what your characters do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of bounce between, yeah. you know, lose weight and build strength and, and gain confidence to do the things that your characters can do or to become the main character of your life. Kind of synonymous. But ultimately, what I try to do is empower people to reclaim their health and become a stronger, healthier, more confident version of themselves. You have that main character energy and run around being the barbarian that you really want to be. Or so.
0: really the nice. horny
2: bar, depending. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Either one.
2: <laughs> so, you know, with that being said, how do you find that balance? Because, you know, both being in shape and a gamer is uh, clearly difficult. But, I mean, I, w- I would say that you could say that but any hobby necessarily you know like we all have our own fantasy stuff whether it's you know role playing games or fantasy football or anything else where people become more sedentary so how do you balance that where they still get to be able to enjoy their hobbies but at the same time live a little bit of a healthier life
1: yeah yeah so a lot of people think kind of like what brian was saying you look at the health and fitness community and you think it's like this all or nothing approach where you have to everything in your life has to be active you have to have an active job active lifestyle active hobbies i need new clothes
0: now I, i gotta go shopping yeah
1: Yeah, and then you got to spend thousands of dollars a month on uh, supplements and and expensive food. And none of that is true. You can live an active lifestyle by working out 20 minutes, three times a week, so like one hour a week, taking more control over what you eat. You don't have to eat boiled chicken, steamed broccoli, but tracking calories, if that's something that you want to do, tracking protein, tracking portion sizes, try to incorporate more protein because most of Americans are deficient in protein, just small tweaks and changes, you know, even getting one serving of vegetable a day, right? Not you have to hit your macros perfectly and hit your calories perfectly every single day or it's for naught, right? And so really just small tweaks and changes and a small time dedication throughout the week. And then you can you know, improve your health while still playing D&D, magic, video games, your more sedentary hobbies. And a lot of people think it's one or the other and it's really
2: easily you can blend both. Great. So do you have a, uh, you know, I, I know obviously there's certain regulations or privacy issues, but maybe just a general client story you'd like to share with us?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I got, I have a few, one, one that I actually have pinned in my Instagram. I'll share his story since he's comfortable with it. His name's John. He long haul truck driver, very sedentary job. Warhammer, he's a sponsored Warhammer uh, player at Warhammer 40K and very sedentary hobbies, right? So those kind of are his two main loves in his life. Plus, you know, fiance and all that stuff. But he, <laughs> he's very very sedentary. And we worked together and we created bite-sized daily actions to really catapult his success. And largely, he did it all, right? I don't want to try to take um, his victory, but he did a whole lot by packing lunches in his cooler while, you know, driving. He was... Um, his route was, if I'm not mistaken, Monday, and he would come home on Thursday. So like long haul truck driving. And so he was eating out of his truck a lot. Truck stops are not known for having healthier food alternatives. So he would pack a lot. He would try to eat lower calorie options when he had to eat out and stuff like that. And we actually created a small workout routine that was designed either to do outside his truck or in his bunk, which was like some stretches and stuff. Because if you're sitting a lot, like your hips get really tight, your hamstrings get tight. And so we were able to create a stretch routine that he could do laying down, essentially in a bed. And through that, he just doing those small tweaks and changes. You know, full disclosure, the biggest part of it was switching from calorie sweetened or uh, sugar sweetened drinks to zero calorie drinks. Mm-hmm. And that kept I mean, he lost just like 38 pounds in four months or something like that. And so oh my gosh. Yeah, it's uh, small things like that. that People don't realize that you can make big changes. I know artificial sweeteners get bad rap. There's really no science for human trials to suggest artificial artificial sweeteners are bad for us. And if you take, I got a I got a can of Pepsi Zero here, mango. It's actually really good. But if you take like a can, two cans of Coke a day is roughly 400 calories. You essentially cut that down to two Coke Zeros. That's roughly a pound a week weight loss if you just make that change i say stay away from diet coke because it tastes like crap (laughs) but uh, (laughs) coke zero though so yeah just simple changes like that right
0: nice yeah to me that's it seems like connecting back to what you said about just like really low impact easy to manage things to start because if it's like can i become fit quote unquote, I have this image in my mind of like, you know, a Greek Adonis or whatever. But yeah, if it's exactly. like, can you make two or three subtle changes to your dietary habits and maybe tw- like 20 minutes, three times a week mm-hmm. is like that almost when you say that, it almost makes me think like that's too easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's the psychology of it, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. You guys are seeing the true peak behind the curtain. And it's not like I hide that from my clients. I tell them up front, this is what we're going to do. And as you notice, That just feels very within grasp rather than seeing, you know, your Joe Blow shirtless influencer doing some crazy exercise that is quite dangerous, looking like that Greek physique when nine times out of 10 is probably on performance enhancing drugs and has a very unrealistic physique and creating a lot of these unrealistic expectations. I know not to try to get too into the weeds. There's obviously a body image issue. Largely talks about with females, body image, definitely not going to take that away. But there is definitely that with men too. When we see mm. Chris Hemsworth, The Rock, you know, all these people with these superhero physiques pushing supplements and workout routines when there's a large chance that they're on some sort of gear. The Rock's been pretty open about it. I don't think Chris Hemsworth has openly said it, but there's a lot of evidence that he is. And so I'm not trying to say that they are or not, but we have these unrealistic expectations of having this superhero like physique when yeah. it's not realistic to do naturally and so it, it creates that um what's the point why even try if i'm not going to be able to look like that type of approach when in reality it's like we don't need to have you know shredded six pack we want to have a proper a1c we want to have be able to go upstairs without getting out of breath we want to be able to Maybe go down two shirt sizes or something like that. You know, yeah. you go down three belt loops.
0: Yeah, that's one of my long-term health goals. Is I want to be able to put my socks on for as long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I hit fifty, I, it changed completely. I'm like, okay, I'm not even thinking about abs anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't want to lose range of motion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a there's
1: a longevity doctor. His name's Dr. Peter Atia, and he calls it. He's training for the um, Centurion Olympics. Yeah. I want to be able I just to want to do be there when I'm 100 yeah, yeah
0: exactly yeah yeah I just want to show up I don't even need to compete <laughs> I would just like to be an attendee at the yeah. <laughs> Olympics yeah that's super cool
2: <laughs> for for our listeners who don't know being on gear means like they're taking a strength potion wink wink so that's probably what's happening there but uh I I think you've talked about this a bit and uh you know when especially when you're talking about working doing exercise routines with a truck but I think one of the big things in this community, at least the gaming community, is that there there is some stigma around whether it's finding the right safe spaces or having the right body image. And then, you know, saying, hey, person, why don't you go to the gym? You know, where that might be like the last place they would like to go. How do you sort Mm -hmm. of balance that finding the right way for them to work out while also giving them the right equipment or opportunities that they need to do so?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it quite simply. If you have... Enough space at home equivalent to one square in a DD mat, you can work out. And cool. so I like to say, if you have enough room to stand up and lay down, you can accomplish anything. No equipment needed. Most of my clients will start off doing body weight stuff at home because of that gym anxiety. And I'll say this I've been in a gym in person or coaching one way or another since 2016. That's when I started personal training. I have gym anxiety. I circumvented that by building my own garage gym. So now I don't have to worry about that. And I close all the doors when I work out too. And so gym anxiety affects everybody. And being able, not being comfortable in who you are. I've I've spoken with a lot of clients where they just feel literally trapped in their body. Like their body is a prison holding them back from doing what they want to do. And that is, I can only imagine how mentally daunting that is. And then for somebody to say, well, you got to go to the gym and expose yourself in a very vulnerable way around people who you think are in a much better place physically and mentally than you that are all going to be judging you. They're not, but in your mindset, they're going to be. That sounds like a literal hell, right? And so mm-hmm. me saying, you know, stand up behind your computer chair, do five minutes of stretching, do a couple bodyweight movements, do, you know, a structured 15 to 20-minute workout. That's much more achievable. The barrier to entry there is significantly lower. And so that's where we start. We might stay there the entire time. Maybe somebody wants to buy bands or resistance or adjustable dumbbells maybe they do want to explore the gym. And we do more of like a hybrid where we do two home workouts, one gym workout. Some clients I'll even start extremely low. They do want to go to the gym. Be like what Brian said, just show up, (laughs) just go to the gym, open those doors. Like that's your goal is to open the door to the
0: gym. More than half the battle for me. Like a lot of times when I walk in, I'm like, I am here. Like I actually came today. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. And if,
1: if you can get into that habit, Terry Cruz wrote about it. He says, treat the gym like a spa. If, if going to the gym is something that you want to do treat it like it's a spa like make it a consistent part of your routine go there sit down in a chair read a magazine or something like that do some DD prep but eventually you're going to be like maybe i should see what one of these machines are about you walk on the treadmill or do some of the resistance machines It becomes more natural i like to start my clients at home so they become more comfortable moving their bodies and then we can transition to the gym that's a very long answer
2: <laughs> I apologize. no it's a great answer yeah that's awesome
0: yeah. Um, I'm really happy. And Aaron, I think that was a really great question. Cause I think to me, the the real heart of this conversation is the psychological component mm-hmm. and the self image component. And I think honestly, even having that conversation and bring that up with yourself, let alone with another person can be really hard, but I think that's it, right? Like that's the thing that holds most of us back. I think that was so tragic when you said people feel trapped in their bodies. And I've definitely had that feeling before, so, yeah, I think that you are immersed in both cultures makes you uniquely qualified to have this conversation with us. Mm-hmm. And you really understand the uniqueness of the situation that a lot of people are put into. And for me, it's that gym rat, bro, aggressive vibe that I've encountered much in the past. And I will say, I'm a regular gym visitor these days and I don't really see it at all. And I actually find the culture of gyms has changed dramatically Mm -hmm. since I was a kid, but it's that stereotypical, like they're going to be mean to me. They're going to judge me. They're going to laugh at me, or I don't even want to be in the same room with them because of the comparison that, that to me seems like the primary barrier for people in our space looking to get into that world and, and, you know, extend their lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you can bypass that barrier, and then just do something at home where you can still be effective yeah. and within your comfort zone and all of that, it makes it so that much
0: easier, right? For sure. Wow. That was way more deep of a conversation than I was expecting. <laughs> I thought we were going to be talking more about like biceps and triceps.
1: No, that's what you said. Like you said, your typical gym rat influencers, which as you notice, my Instagram page is not that. So.
0: Yeah. It looks more like a like a D and D fan page. It looks more like our Instagram than it does. One of those influencer <laughs> pages. Sure, sure. It's a, your Instagram is a safe space for people who want to even just start thinking about this.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that. I know you're pushing it, but I tried to, a lot of, a lot of what you see with fitness influencers for, for better or for worse, they're showing, you know, risque pictures of themselves or clients and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they, they do that because skin cells, right? No way around that. I try to break that mold a little bit. I don't want to, I do have my before and after, and then I have um, John's before and after, both are clothes. And I don't want to really push a whole lot of my client's success because a lot of people can just skim the top 1% of their clients and then say, look, oh, you can have results like this, which is unrealistic. Well, it may be realistic, but it's not necessarily common. But I try to, you know, I have every Friday, I do Friday Night Magic, which is a fitness related magic card that I made. And then I have a couple custom slide templates that I use. And then maybe you might catch me in a reel or something like that, like a talking head. But I don't try to do ridiculous workouts. Every once in a while, I'll post a video of me working out. That's about it. But I'm sure I'm I'm wearing clothes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I have a shirt on. (laughs) (laughs) So for any of our listeners that want to take that first step outside of the Shire and start this long journey, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at
2: phoenix.performance.coaching.
1: If you want to reach out to me specifically, you can DM me there. I have a website that doesn't get a whole lot of traffic. That is, it's just phoenixperformancecoaching.net. There's an email that you can reach me on there as well. There's a few articles and stuff like that on the website that aren't on my Instagram, but most of my online presence is through Instagram. Those would be the two best ways. Awesome.
2: And is there anything that uh, we haven't covered today that you want to talk about?
1: Oh, not that i can think of i know the brian said the hardest step is always the first one so just do whatever you can i always like to say make that first step as easy as possible um, there's a book great book called atomic habits by james clear and he says a lot of times people take too big of too big of too big of goals too big of aspirations mm-hmm. i kind of attribute that to let's say i i'm standing on the a second floor window and i need you to come up to me a normal fitness trainer would be like just jump when people can't jump two stories, but if I will hand you a ladder and you can take it one wrong at a time. And it makes that traveling up to that second floor much easier. And so breaking down that goal into bite-sized steps will help you succeed. And my call to action for everybody is to put on walking shoes. Just put on your shoes and see where it takes you from there. That's and awesome. you'll you'll be yeah. you'll be surprised what's what you can do once you stand up and actually just just stand up.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I think for me a, a part that you have that that's really cool is it's the kindness and the empathy and the understanding. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Cuz I think that's the other fear. Like I still have a probably a natural fear of trainers because okay. I think they're mean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're just going to like bark orders at me and again it gets back into that all or nothing mentality like you have to do 200 push-ups a day or you're a failure versus like, no, you have a square and you can lay down. Like that was the most comforting thing you've said. If you can stand in it and lay down in it, you're good. You have the space that you're looking for.
1: Yeah. 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 And I'll, oh, I was go just going to I had, I've had two calls when, when my clients are struggling, you know, life, crazy, hectic chaos. I'll do what's called a saving throw uh, call where we hop on a call. and We figure out what's going on and what and we, a lot of times we downshift and mm-hmm. I get these clients. They might have, a couple workouts and a couple other habits like maybe a step goal or nutrition goal, and they'll hit the workouts or they might have to shift them around, but they'll do them. But they feel so defeated. I'm like, you're hitting all your workouts. You've missed a couple, you know, of your veggie habits. Like, what's you know what's going on? It's like I just haven't hit everything. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> like, Let's style shift, remove those habits, focus on the workouts, which is kind of like the core of the program, and mm-hmm. then shift back forward when things are getting rough, rather than drill sergeant mentality that we see you know the biggest loser that type of stuff where you're constantly barking at them yelling at them degrading them that's not motivating right That's very demotivating you're yeah. like screw this i'm gonna quit now a lot of people turn to food for emotions i'm gonna go eat a large pizza and never come back right yeah. and i try to you know really say no we're in this together if we need to adjust we absolutely can and we can kind of shift forward when chaos around you kind of has settled and that's what you don't see a lot of in the fitness industry Unfortunately, a lot of what we see is that drill sergeant mentality that you mentioned.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as we're at close here, I want to see if I can ask you one Dungeon Master question, if I may. Um, So since I know that you're Forever DM, Brian and I had a conversation that was mostly the the Coke versus Pepsi of podcasts just released recently over whether or not you more prefer to use miniatures or theater of the mind. Which one do you prefer? Yeah, I I choose miniatures because... Mm. My
1: party is mostly noobs with very little creativity. And so
0: Ryan, I hope they're not listening right <laughs> now. No.
1: They can't they can't read anyway, so don't uh, so trying to present to them a battle that's gonna be theater of the mind, they'll be like, Well, how many are there? How far away are they? And then I'll tell them and then like the next round, how far away are they? next. So we can just go pull up some minis, and plus I like painting minis. And I have a projector that shoots down, so I just we'll create a map on on a whiteboard. Where we can draw and stuff. I keep it nice. really simple, but I'm definitely very much miniatures and
2: maps over theater of the mind. Very nice. Well, see, Brian, you got a backhanded win. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because I will say, Jordan,
0: he trounced me in that. You know what I mean? Like he just, <laughs> I I admitted defeat like ten minutes into the conversation. <laughs>
2: it was nice to have an ally. <laughs> for sure.
1: Why? What's the argument for the mind?
2: Well, there's so much to it, but the it kind of boils down to you give your players more agency in order to make a narrative. So when you use props and when you have minis, you are very reliant yourself on wanting to use something that you bought and you're really obsessed with. And I want to make this thing work. And you're gonna make that battle happen or that visit to the castle happen or that ride in a boat happen because you bought the damn boat set and I wanna go for <laughs> ride in the boat. So versus like if they say, Well, I don't wanna to go to the docks today, you're like, Well, I guess the session's over, sort of thing. Like that's the idea of I we both agree though that they're very important, and you should use both of them, but yeah. I think that you can keep a game going with Theater of the Mind alone, but you cannot keep a game going with miniatures alone with no Theater of the Mind.
0: Yeah, that's where we landed, basically, was it's it's a good blend of both that i think and and the reason that that i was frustrated with aaron is some of the coolest terrain sets that i've ever played were his that he created as a dm so i was like how are you even saying this to me right now
1: (laughs) sure no i i can definitely understand that i guess my rebuttal to that would be having not necessarily planned i like creating an awesome set piece to be like okay we really have to tackle this Mm -hmm. understand wanting to do a little bit of railroading to get them to there But having a list of maps that you can kind of pull from, with any like forest, river, you know that type of stuff, and have that be okay. Well, we're gonna have a generic forest encounter. Boom, throw that, and then have them with their minis, whether they're purchased by me or them, can kind of be a little bit of a blend of both because you're getting the tactile aspect of Mm -hmm. he's five squares away, but a little bit less. These trees are here, that type of stuff.
0: Interesting. For sure. Thanks for chiming in on our ongoing conversation.
1: <laughs> it's quite all right. Uh,
0: yeah. Also, I just wanted to mention we are on one of your free consultations right now. That's how I got you. <laughs> yeah,
2: that is
1: true. That is
0: true. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, hey, would you ever? And you're like, yeah, here's the sign-up sheet. And then when I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay, this is just like, let's talk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's largely kind of my ke- my catch-all is that that calendar. So if I do something not consultation related, I'll still send that link mm-hmm. because it's my only Yeah, no, scheduled. it's great.
0: I love it. I'm so glad that you joined us today. I learned a lot. And I and hopefully, I, I know I feel, and hopefully others who are listening will feel the same, that the all or nothing mentality is really not a thing. And right. that there's these little steps that you talked about. And Aaron, I love this idea too of like, just of Bilbo Baggins, just taking that first step out of the shire. I think that's a really cool way of thinking about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if I had to boil it down into one thing to preach to get my message across in my life it would be destroying that perfectionist all or nothing mindset that we all have normally around january 1st right and it's just <laughs> that it creates that perpetual cycle of failure to where diet starts monday wednesday you have a hard day at work you're so sore you don't want to work out you eat a pizza you're like oh screw it i'll start monday right If you forget to brush your teeth on Wednesday, you don't go the rest of your week without brushing your teeth. You brush your teeth on Thursday, like nothing happened. And that's how you should approach things to where you're like, okay, yesterday, maybe I slipped. Maybe it's just a strategic pizza or whatever it is. And then pick up Thursday, like nothing happened.
0: It was Um, a mental health pizza. We all deserve one of those.
1: Exactly. And you can definitely have comfort food and enjoy life and enjoy food while still living uh, active, healthy lifestyle. And that's, all that all or nothing approach that people don't quite realize to where they think pizza is bad, carbs are bad, yada, yada. But really, it's not true.
2: That's awesome. And I'll make sure to take a look for those uh, strategic pizzas because that's <laughs> pretty amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. But that's been awesome. Uh, thank you, Jordan. Don't feel, forget to check him out on Phoenix Performance Coaching, but it's great having you and we appreciate you listening. Hey, I am oh, oh, sorry. I
1: was just gonna say I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was great talking. And I can tell you guys are, are very good in this. You're very good conversationalist. And you ask the right questions, which I really appreciate.
0: You got it. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And again, please check us out on Instagram at our website, InfernalSchoolhouse.com. And our Etsy store is live. And this week, we actually had a great pic that was sent in of Stephen wearing his new Infernal Schoolhouse shirt. So he looks so sharp. He posted it on Instagram for everybody to see.
2: <laughs> thanks, everyone. See you.